家晚上好，这里是正在为您直播的。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello, I'm Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for joining me in the Merrick Studio here in the center of Berlin. Now, remember Xi Jinping's speech at the 19th Party Congress in October? Yes, it was long, 200 minutes, almost three and a half hours. But some of what she said was actually quite interesting, really. For instance, she said that China wants to become a socialist world power, and that the country is moving closer to center stage, ready to make greater contributions to mankind. 不断为人类做出更大贡献的时代 So, what lies behind such claims? What do they mean for China's foreign policy and for Beijing's neighbors in Asia? And is China really stepping into the void left by the U.S. under President Trump? Well, to discuss some of these questions, I'm joined by Akio Takahara. He is professor for contemporary Chinese politics at Tokyo University and one of the most influential Japanese researchers on China. Welcome, Professor Takahara. When you heard Xi Jinping say that China was ready to become a socialist world power and move to center stage internationally, what thoughts crossed your mind? Well, of course, we are very much concerned about China's real actions.、Uh, Xi Jinping is a action-oriented person. He's been acting a lot in the East China Sea and the South China Sea. So, what he means by、uh, becoming a world、uh, power, a socialist world power, if he wants to proceed with what he's been doing the past five years, that would cause frictions,、uh, not only perhaps amongst the neighbors, but in other parts of the world also. When you say what he's been doing over the past five years, what are you referring to? For example, he's sent patrol boats into the territorial waters around the Senkaku Islands, what the Chinese call the Diaoyu. He's announced defense identification zones over the East China Sea、uh, unilaterally. He's constructed artificial islands in the South China Sea, and he's ignored the Hague International Arbitral、uh, Tribunal ruling. Against、uh, the construction of the islands and so on and so forth, so with more national power, with more power of the navy and the coast guards,、uh, he has the means to act. And how is this viewed from Japan? Does it cause concern? Are people worried? How is China's flexing its muscles viewed from Japan and other countries in the region? Well, there is a mixed thinking about this because. Now that Xi Jinping has consolidated his power base amongst his uh, political uh, leaders, that means that Xi Jinping doesn't have to worry about criticism from、uh, his rivals, which, which means that he can extend a friendly hand towards、uh, the Japanese side. And perhaps that's what he's doing now. We all saw Mr. Xi smiling very widely when he met Mr. Abe、uh, in Vietnam. And most likely, that smile came from the fact that he was able to consolidate his power base, and he had a good meeting with Mr. Trump, so he felt more confident about、uh, dealing with Japan. But on the other hand, if、uh, we see more personality of Xi Jinping being expressed on the external front,、uh, then that is a cause for concern. 
Now, you just mentioned uh, Mr. Trump, uh, the American president. Uh, many observers say that China has moved to fill the void left by Trump um, with the US retreating a little bit from the world stage and maybe also from the Asia Pacific. Do you see evidence of that in the region that China is sort of trying to move into that void? Well, here again, there are mixed uh, signals. For example, as far as the United States is concerned, Mr. Trump is not so much interested in the South China Sea issue, for example. That became very clear during his visit to Vietnam and the Philippines. However, the fact is the freedom of navigation operations have been conducted more frequently compared to the Obama administration. So here the messages are mixed. China, of course, is propagating this line that the uh, United States is a declining power, uh, China is a rising power. Now, whether that's true or not is another question. However, I think they have been successful in sending this message and uh, establishing this image amongst many people, perhaps including amongst the Americans. And uh, that will have uh, some impact on the international scene. China, with the rise of its national power, the naval power, and so on and so forth, they will move and advance uh, into uh, the South China Sea and beyond. Are you worried then about a power struggle in the region between that rising China and the US, the established power and a close ally of Japan, of course? Well, the competition uh, will have to go on. But whether, you know, it's going to be a very, how should I put it, a uh, dangerous one or, or not, we have to wait and see. Uh, now, uh, Japan has proposed this uh, open and fair Indo-Pacific kind of a concept, uh, which was taken up by uh, Mr. Trump also. And the Indians and the Australians are very forward-coming in uh, coming along uh, this line. Uh, but what would it mean? Would it, are we going to ha have a clash with China? Because they have their own Belt and Road Initiative. We have to wait and see. We can coexist, I hope. And, you know, that's not impossible. Coexistence is not Im impossible. But uh, you see sort of clear evidence that uh, tensions in the region have risen over the last few years? Yes and no, because the last year... Hague uh, International Tribunal ruling came out and ever since then China has sort of refrained from acting in a very prominent way, in an obvious way. Uh, they have sunk Vietnamese boats, they have uh, threatened uh, Vietnam to stop drilling the South China Sea. These things have happened but unlike the past the Chinese are not making a big move Uh, into the South China Sea. They haven't uh, begun, for example, uh, constructing an artificial island around the Scarborough Shoal. So that is evidence, uh, as you say, that uh, Xi Jinping feels comfortable and doesn't have to move so assertively in, in the immediate neighborhood. That's right. This is Merrick's Experts. My guest today is Akio Takahara from Tokyo University, one of the most influential Japanese researchers on China. We're discussing China's foreign policy after the 19th Party Congress. Now let's look at one particular issue that is causing a lot of tensions and that is North Korea. Frequent missile tests by North Korea have alarmed the world, but so has some of the harsh rhetoric we have heard from US President Trump in Washington. So what about China, North Korea's neighbor and long-term ally? Could North Korea become a test case for China's new role in the world? Is Beijing stepping up to the plate to help ease tensions and find a diplomatic solution? 
Well, the Chinese are certainly unhappy about what North Korea has been doing,、uh, and therefore they've changed their policies a little bit and、uh, agreed with the UN、um, resolution to、uh, beef up the sanctions against North Korea. They are implementing the United Nations sanctions, and inside China, there is an increasing voice that they should change their policy fundamentally. You know, the conventional policy has been that they will support. The North Korean regime, whatever happens. But、uh, the question is, the debate is intensifying. But will a tipping point come or not? Will they change the policy fundamentally and stop providing food, providing oil to North Korea? And at the moment, that is not likely to happen. And have they taken any diplomatic steps? Have they proposed any initiative to actually sort of lower the tensions a bit? Well, the proposal is to have both sides, meaning the Americans and the North Koreans, both stop what they've been doing. That is, on the American side, stop the joint drill、uh, with the South Koreans in the vicinity of North Korea, and、um, they are also telling the North Koreans to stop their ex- experiments on nuclear weapons and ICBMs. But、um, very unlikely that both sides will listen to this proposal. And otherwise, there hasn't been a good idea coming out of、um, China. So it seems like that the Chinese, on the diplomatic stage at least, are sort of trying to、uh, keep a sort of equidistance between the U.S. and the North Koreans.、Uh, but if they had to choose, which side would they side with? Yes, that's the、uh, ultimate question, isn't it? Well, Xi Jinping has visited the United States. He has not visited North Korea yet. So it seems as if. Uh, Xi Jinping is on the American side. However, when the crunch comes and he has to choose when military action is being discussed, then I don't think there is a choice for him but to support North Korea. But、uh, that would cause a major international crisis. That's right. So、uh, unless I, I think, from the Americans' point of view, if、uh, they don't have good communications, good understanding with the Chinese. Uh, it is not likely that they will embark on an, a, a military campaign. And how is all that viewed from Japan? How worried are people in Japan that、uh, that whole conflict with North Korea,、uh, these tensions could increase, or that it could lead to some sort of conflict? Well, it depends. Of course, you know the experts are more worried about the situation than ordinary people. Ordinary people, you know, we we don't want to think about these 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 things, but I suppose amongst the experts, it is a very very big concern. We are deeply worried about the situation. And what would you expect, or what would you hope that a country like China, the one country with direct communication with the North Koreans, what would you want to see? What should China do? To be honest, I don't really know.、Uh, it's a very very difficult situation, and nobody. Nobody has a good idea.、Uh, so what we've been trying in the past few months is we will beef up the economic sanctions against North Korea, and of course, in the short run, it will not take any effect. But in the long run, it should help prevent North Korea from developing the、uh, nuclear weapons and their missiles. Then finally,、um, a rather broad question. We started off with、uh, discussing Xi Jinping's、um, rhetoric of、uh, China moving to the center of、uh, the international stage of、uh, becoming a socialist global power. How should countries like Japan, for that matter, or other countries in the region, then 
deal with a China that is so much more assertive? Well, you know, we cannot change China. Only the Chinese can change China. We want China to change. What can we do? We have to try and change the Chinese. So, you know, even if we didn't do it, we know that more Chinese are coming overseas. They are exposed to different sets of values. And I hope that um, this trend uh, will continue and from within uh, there will be a force arising that will change the course of uh, what the party government has been doing in, in the past. So hopes there for maybe change at some point from within China, also worries about North Korea and worries about a more assertive China that can't always decide, it seems, whether it wants to take on more international responsibility or remain on the sidelines. Professor Takahara, thanks for sharing your analysis and insights. That was Akio Takahara, Professor for Contemporary Chinese Politics at Tokyo University. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening and bye for now. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.